0: Welcome to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health, the podcast that shows you how to live a longer and healthier life, showcasing doctors, clinicians, and patient stories. The goal of South Coast Health is to help and inspire you to navigate your health journey with knowledge, comfort, and ease. Hello, everyone. I'm Patricia Raskin. Welcome to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. And today we're talking about primary care, specifically family care. My guest is Dr. Stephen Finney. He is a primary care physician. He's originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. He graduated from Louisiana State University with a Bachelor of Science in Biological Sciences and then subsequently obtained a master's degree in science at Mississippi College. Dr. Finney earned his doctorate of medicine at American University of the Caribbean School of Medicine. Following medical school, he completed his residency in family medicine at Louisiana State University Health Sciences Center in Shreveport, Louisiana, where he served as wellness director. He is board certified both by the American Board of Family Medicine and the American Board of Obesity Medicine. Dr. Finney was inspired to become a physician after watching his father help locals in his community who were stranded during Hurricane Katrina. He enjoys creating relationships with his patients and promoting healthy lifestyles through a more holistic approach. His clinical interests include family medicine, obesity medicine, and LGBTQ health. Dr. Finney is a member of the American Medical Association, American Academy of Family Physicians, Massachusetts Academy of Family Physicians, and Obesity Medical Association. Welcome, Dr. Finney. Thank you. And also, we are joined by Dr. Finney's patient, Timothy Hughes, who will be asking questions periodically through the interview. Hi, Tim.
1: Hi. How are you?
0: Good. All right. So, Dr. Finney. Let's talk about your role at South Coast Health and what your primary purpose is in working with your patients.
2: Yeah, so my title is a primary care physician. As you described in my bio, I am board certified in family medicine, and I complete a residency at LSU, and I see patients of all ages, pediatrics all the way up to geriatrics and everything in between. I see obese patients as well since I became accredited in that field as well. And I've been incorporating that into my practice too. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Dr. Finney, in the patients you see, and you said you see all different ages and stages, what do you think are the general keys for living and maintaining a healthy lifestyle?
2: So yeah, the keys I think are developing healthy habits early on. And I think Mm -hmm. that is mainly done by the parents, you know, within the family, teaching your kids, serving as a role model for your children, normalize eating healthy foods, and exercising more, basically.
0: Mm -hmm. So how do you work with patients who are adults who didn't have that in their background? Is it harder? And how do you help them Um, get on that road, if you will.
2: I think education is very important for patients who didn't have that foundation when they were younger. And when they come into the clinic, I'm very big on counseling. So I counsel every patient about diet, exercise, and mindfulness. I think those are very important pillars that every patient should have for medical care.
0: Do you think those are the key ingredients to reducing our stress definitely yes what about meditation as you said mindfulness what about support systems positive relationships
2: yeah so i'm very big with meditation in my practice i think meditation is a great tool uh because you can do it you know by yourself or you can use a smartphone app if you need more of like a guided approach um So I I counsel every patient, you know, just like check in with yourself, focus on your breathing. Um, If you feel like you get distracted, the smartphone apps are really good at taking you on like guided meditations and relieving anxiety and depression.
0: You know, we've had the pandemic over the last three years, and even though it's over, we still have residual effects. How do you think this has affected your patients in terms of increasing their stress levels and anxiety? And what have you suggested for them?
2: Yes, great question. I definitely see anxiety as the most increased in my patients ever since the pandemic. Depression is also a partner to that as well. So like I I try to educate everybody to practice mindfulness, Mm -hmm. whether it's meditation
1: or yoga. Yeah.
0: Tim, how long have you been a patient of Dr. Finney's and why did you uh, seek him out?
1: I didn't actually seek him out. Uh, I, my, the private care physician I had moved on to another healthcare organization. I was given Dr. Finney probably about eight months ago. Does it sound about right, Dr. Finney? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so what what guidance and support has Dr. Finney given to you?
1: Well, he's a New York Yankee fan, and he's been telling me that Ross Barson... No, never mind. Uh, he's just uh, he's an <laughs> open guy. He's engaging. Uh, he's engaging. He does common sense things like make eye contact with you, which to me seems pretty uh, uh, intelligent if you're going to be a doctor. You want to see somebody's body language, you know, read their eyes when they answer a question. And uh, I just, I, I liked him right off the bat.
0: What are some of the specific uh, suggestions he had for you that you have followed and that has
1: helped you? He's counted me on uh, exercising and uh, meditation, but two things that I already do which we just have that in common. But uh, uh, he was just, I come from a generation where we dabbled in uh, recreational drugs, and I've had a couple other primary care physicians that never even dawned them to ask me about that. And he did, and I was honest with him, and he detected a slight touch of hep C. And uh, I'm just about cured from it because of the medication and, and because of the fact that he was aware enough to even think and ask me about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's, he, he did some preventive medicine there. And I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, that's great. So, Dr. Finney, when you work with your patients, then you ask them some very in-depth questions, not about just what they're doing now, but what they have done in the past or their habits in the past, correct? Correct. Yeah. Share a little bit more about that.
2: So I try to create a very welcoming and open environment with all my patients to make sure they're comfortable to tell me anything and not hold back because I feel that's the most important uh, atmosphere to develop with your patient to provide the best care. Like an example I can give you is South Coast recently implemented the SOGI questionnaire form where patients can enter, you know, their pronouns, sexual identity, sexual orientation. And that creates, like, if you have that template um, going into the visit, You know how to address the patient and guide your treatment of care for that patient. It makes it less awkward for not only the patient, but also the physician.
0: So true. And you're dealing with all ages and stages. Correct. Right. So you really need to be familiar with different lifestyles, different preferences, Mm -hmm. right? Different conditions. So having that history then is really going to make a difference for you. In terms of understanding each, each patient's needs. Correct. Particularly as you're dealing with from children to older adults. So your depth and breadth of knowledge has to cover many different generations and areas.
2: Correct. Yes. That's why I enjoy family medicine because you need to know some knowledge about every organ system and diagnosis, topic,
0: basically. So when when you're working with patients and they t- give you their history, yeah, mm. um, if they have had uh, certain conditions, do you keep that in mind when you are prescribing drugs to them? And not just conditions, but maybe their habits in the past with drugs. Yeah, of course. So when Tim was talking about the use of edibles before... If you were to prescribe medication for him, how do you keep that in mind in terms of possible interactions?
2: Yeah, so you need to be aware of every patient's multiple diagnoses. Some medications can interact with other medicines in combination with those conditions. So you just need to be aware and do a full formulary check of their medicines before prescribing the day and age we live in, we have a really good electronic medical record system that if for some reason, a certain medication interacts with another, you'll get a screen prompt and you can review it to determine if that's correct or not.
0: So Tim, in the space that Dr. Finney created for you that you felt was comfortable, how do you feel that that has helped you in terms of your lifestyle?
1: Well, he just uh, he made me feel comfortable because he's a he's a human being, and I, you, you can tell right away that you know just the eye contact, the way he listens to you, your answers, and the questions that he asks. I've actually had primary physicians that didn't really do much of that, and it's just it's it was uh, refreshing. And uh, I'm an honest guy, and uh, he's already helped me prevent a, a future problem with the medication for Hep C. And uh, I trust him to be aware of and uh, being on top of things that are going to come up as we go forward. Because I, I just feel like I can just be honest with the guy.
0: So, Doctor Finney, relating this to other patients that you have that come in and are very honest with you, and they might talk about their alcohol use. Maybe they're drinking alcohol every day, or they talk about their use of edibles, or uh, mm-hmm. they may be on hormone replacement. How do you work with that in terms of determining prescribing medications and possible interactions?
2: So, I always try to create a non judgmental environment so they can give me that information to start with. And then, for example, for someone who is like on benzodiazepines like Xanax for anxiety as the treatment, which is not the treatment, you know, mm-hmm. and who has difficulty sleeping, you know, sometimes the patients request. Uh, Sleeping aids, but that's not the best combination of medicines because that can create like a fall risk for the patient so I try to Mm -hmm. Switch the direction to know you shouldn't even be on Xanax You should be either on an antidepressant or you should be meeting with a therapist or at the very least just meditating To treat the underlying root cause of why you're anxious to begin with so I always just offer several options to treat the patient when, you know, certain medicines is not even the, the treatment.
0: Yeah. What do you do if someone comes in and says to you, because they're open and honest and they say, you know, I drink every day. Um, I'm functioning, I'm functioning. I do well. Sometimes I drink two or three drinks a day. And, and they may not say that they're alcoholic, but how do you handle that? Do you suggest they see someone? How do you work with them when they talk to you or disclose that kind of information?
2: So I go down to, like, what is your goal? Do you want to drink less? If so, uh, there are certain medications I can put you on. And then we have really good referral systems here at South Coast, too. I can refer you to somebody if that's what you need it's me just making sure I can work with the patient and get them from where they currently are into where they want to be.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So you have a very good referral system in place. What I'm hearing from everything you're saying and the key to your practice is you're not judgmental, which allows the patient to open up to you. And you really encourage that. You encourage people to be open and honest so that you can really help them. And as Tim said you don't see that all the time. So it really makes a difference. And going back to you, Tim, what were some of the things, or what are some of the things that Dr. Finney has suggested to you in terms of eating and dieting?
1: Well, I'm not very much overweight. I don't know if we went into that very deeply, but that really was an issue as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure it's important to ask those questions for someone that needs that kind of advice. I was a little heavy. I'm sure he would have gone over that with me.
0: Did he give you suggestions in terms of mindfulness?
1: Oh yes. He said, "Listen to jazz from New Orleans," which I already do. <laughs> I'm a singer songwriter, anyway. Uh, yeah, he suggested meditation, and I kind of do that already. And I just thought that uh, that was a connection we had that was very positive. It's just something I do already. I play guitar, and that's how I meditate. But it's just slowing down and and Talking to a patient about that is really, really good advice. Just sl- slow down. Take a, take a second to block out all the negativity. Yeah,
0: great. Dr. Finney, how do you work with a patient who wants to meditate but is having trouble? Not like Tim, who loves music and can get into that kind of rhythm. Well, what do you do with a patient who's hyperactive and you suggest meditation and mindfulness? And it's, it's challenging for them.
2: Mm-hmm. So if a patient can't meditate by themselves... I usually recommend like downloading one of the smartphone apps because there's several interfaces on those applications that can meet the criteria for a certain patient. You know, if you're more active, they have certain physical activity meditations mm-hmm. you can actually do like yoga. One uh, meditation app I was using allowed you to go like one a, like a physically walk around like a block and like talk to you and describe like, okay, what are you seeing? Things like that. It's all about self-awareness and checking in with yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. And those are, those are also visualization tapes, right? Where they take you on a journey to a beach or a mountaintop and you use your five senses. So you're really staying in the present moment. Exactly. So it's more active, but often people can handle that. Great. Yeah. How do you work with children in terms of helping parents to encourage children to practice a healthy lifestyle.
2: Yeah. For children, I believe parents are the role models. And like I said before, you need to normalize eating and working out because coming from the South, you know, I was brought up in a culture where eating bad foods is normal, not exercising a lot is normal. And drinking alcohol are the most important things to, like, have fun. Mm -hmm. But in reality, eating healthy and working out can cure a lot of the inflammation in your body. So what I tell parents is, you know, use your children's food and beverage choices as teaching moments, you know. If they grab, like, a soft drink in the fridge full of caffeine and sugar, you know, comment on that and be like, oh, you may have already had, like, one or two of those. Why not just drink water instead? speak up when you see unhealthy food choices, place all the, like, the house food, uh, junk food with healthy options and make that normal. And also make sure your child gets enough sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a whole other topic is sleep. But going back to yeah. food, do you think the parents should take their children to the grocery store and point things out or have the children help make healthy choices?
2: Yeah, I think that's important, especially early on in life, you know, kind of teach like the children how to like look through a food label, explain like what a calorie is, is it high in sugar, is it high in carbs, Um, look at the fat content. I think that's important, Mm -hmm. you know, just to like scan through a Mm -hmm. a common food label and teach them early on in life and how to avoid. What I always tell my patients is you want to avoid going up and down the grocery store aisles and you want to scan the perimeter because that's where you're going to get the most whole, unprocessed, and real foods. Bruce from Middletown, Rhode Island, was no stranger to pain. I
0: kept hurting my back. Then I found out I have degenerative disc disease. From the age of 15 to the age of 35, I had 12 surgeries. I was in agony, and it was a three-year period
1: where I deteriorated to the point that I couldn't stand up and I wanted to give up.
2: Then Bruce met with a neurosurgeon at South Coast Health.
0: Very
1: impressed
0: with him. His honesty, and he told me what he was going to do.
2: South Coast Health is nationally recognized for superior outcomes in spine surgery and neurosurgery. To find the right South Coast physician for you, call 844-744-5544 or go to southcoast.org. I can't tell you
0: how much of a difference it's made in my life. Not to be in pain. It's phenomenal. Life is good. (laughs) South Coast Health, more than medicine. Dr. Finney, are there any resources that you'd have for healthy eating? Any guidelines you have for parenting with children to live healthy lifestyles?
2: Um, So what I usually promote just in general to all my patients is a basic Mediterranean diet. And I could provide some resources for that for you.
0: Okay. Okay, so we'll be sure to include those in the show notes. Any tips on sleep? Sleep is often very underrated, and it's so important.
2: So sleep hygiene is very important. I have a lot of patients that come in for insomnia, and they don't know why they're not sleeping. And so I always educate patients on sleep hygiene, which is you want to be sure you train your mind that your bedroom is for sleep and sex only. So. You do not want to be in your bedroom watching TV or playing on your phone right before you fall asleep. You want your bedroom to be dark, cold, and have some type of noise-canceling machine, like a white noise sound machine in there as well. Um, if you can't fall asleep in a certain amount of time, it's best to exit your bedroom and go into your living room and do some type of activity to make you sleepy, like reading a book on your couch uh, or like studying for like a test. And then once you become sleepy, you go into your bedroom and you try to fall asleep.
0: Mm -hmm. Any guidelines on how many hours of sleep? I know it changes with age.
2: I commonly tell my patients you want to get around seven to eight hours uh, nightly. For adults? Uh, For adults,
0: correct. Right. And for children, it's different?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's based like... As you age, you sleep less and nap more is how I think about pediatrics. And then, um, you know, when you're like a neonate, you're going to nap less, but sleep more. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about vaccines. Okay. The importance of them, um, the resistance to them. And I mean, the attitude resistance, Mm -hmm. as well as sometimes physical resistance.
2: Of course. Uh, So I'm very pro-vaccine as a family medicine physician. If you're flagged in my system that you need a vaccine, I will bug you every time you come in for a visit for it. I think vaccines are great. So the difference between like natural infection and a vaccine, natural infection involves B cells, which fight off the infection, and then you also have T cells, which attack the virus-infected cells. Vaccines work by delivering the spike protein, if you think about, like, the COVID vaccine. And this is the same kind of immune response that you would get from, like, a natural infection, but it's much more produced in a much safer and more reliable way. Mm -hmm. So when you're infected with, like, the actual real virus, Mm -hmm. you make antibodies and T cells against all the viral proteins, and you give a very broad but variable immune response, whereas the vaccines only contain... The spike protein, so you're just training your immune system to recognize like a particular protein, but mm-hmm. you get a more robust response.
0: Yeah, so Tim, did Dr. Finney talk to you about vaccines and what was the guidance?
1: I'm sure he gave me that advice that he just said, and I, I agree with him. I just believe that uh, vaccines prevent whatever ails you, so it's just common sense, you know what I mean? Unfortunately some people don't have anybody to give them that kind of guidance in their family or whatever. And, uh, it's good for a doctor to give that guidance to you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we went over that and I agree with him. Yeah.
0: Dr. Finney, do you have patients who come in with the attitude of, I don't want the vaccine. I don't think it'll be helpful. And how do you handle that?
2: Yeah. Um, it's pretty frustrating. Um, because we have like this technology that was created by scientists, yet some patients don't want the vaccine. So, for those patients, I actually enjoy the challenge because I kind of just basically explain like how the vaccine works and why I recommend it. And I plant the seed, the visit with those patients. And, you know, if they don't want it that day, I'm going to ask them again the next the next time they come in. I always try to explain that like, even if you do get a certain vaccine, you know, chances are you could even get infected. But with the vaccine, you're less likely to get that's sick compared if you didn't have the vaccine. Mm -hmm.
0: How does technology fit into all of this, like Fitbits and Apple Watches and pedometers?
2: Yeah, so I think the smart applications are great for health because it tracks certain metrics like your blood oxygen, heart rate, sleep time, respiratory rate, and creates an environment where, you know, Oh, I didn't meet my step requirements for the day. So I'm going to go walk around the neighborhood until I get that. I think it's a really good like competition with oneself. Mm-hmm.
0: In closing, what would be your thoughts just in general about staying healthy, managing your stress, you know, in times that are stressful?
2: Mm-hmm. Small steps. You don't have to, you know, take on all of this new requirements in one day. Um, start, you know, waking up in the morning And saying you're gonna go for the healthier option for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then after you start, you know, improving your diet, work on your physical activity and then mindfulness. Just small, small additions every day will help you in the long run. And it gets easier.
0: Tim, your thoughts about that, about changing lifestyle and taking it in small steps?
1: I'm going to speak for future patients when they visit a doctor. Everybody has uh, stress issues. Nobody's stress-free. And if you trust your doctor enough to open up and just be honest, which isn't easy, it's personal. Uh, you know, If you have stress for whatever reason, if you've dabbled in recreational drugs or you're, you're escaping with alcohol, it's really helpful to get some guidance from a doctor that you trust and just be open about those things because it's going to make you a hell of a lot healthier going forward.
0: Hmm. Thank you. Thank you both, Dr. Stephen Finney and Tim Hughes, for being on the program today, Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. That's our edition for this week. I'm Patricia Raskin. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. To subscribe to this podcast, visit www.southcoast.org forward slash healthy aging. While you are there, we want to hear from you. Please take the time to complete a quick survey so we can learn more about the topics for upcoming episodes that you are most interested in to live a healthy lifestyle. Thank you to our hosts, Patricia Raskin and South Coast Health. This podcast is brought to you by creative content developer Raskin Resources Productions and produced by Virtually You.